You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm Jamie Bronstein, your host, and I have with me on the phone, Vincent Jenna. Hello, Vincent. Hello, Jamie. It's so great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So happy to have you. We were having some technical difficulties because Mercury is apparently in retrograde, but finally the show is ready to start and it's going to be amazing because Vincent is amazing. Oh, listen to you. And that Mercury always seems to be in retrograde. I'm telling you, every time, ever since I turned 60, it's in constant retrograde. (laughs) And he's funny, which you'll get to hear. He has an amazing personality. Um, On top of that, I'm going to read to you guys a little bit about him. He's a world-renowned triple power psychic, which I can't wait to ask you what that means specifically. An authentic and gifted psychic with the knowledge and experience of a licensed psychotherapist and the big, charming personality of a showman. He combines his early background as a professional actor and singer, a master's degree in social work, clinical social work, and his hospice experience helping more than 500 patients through the dying process with his uncanny skills as a metaphysician and psychic medium. The sum total of these experiences and gifts is a psychic who can guide people not only to recognize what is preventing them from healing or attaining their dreams, but the necessary steps to get there. So from what it sounds like, it sounds like you can pretty much help anybody with any problem and everybody in this world with no matter what it is. I'd I'd like to think that I can help everybody in some way. And you know what, Jamie? Every one of us can do that. So, yes, do I have extra gifts that I worked on for 37 years in order to help people on a deeper level? Yeah, absolutely. But we can all help. Give a listening ear, care, hold a hand, have some compassion, support somebody, believe in somebody. That's all major help. So that's that's everybody. But, yes, as a psychic medium and a psychotherapist from my past experience, I can relate. I can help. Um, I don't know if everybody is helped. It's up to them afterwards. Uh, But I try. You know what I mean? Just like you try. You put out wonderful radio shows. You hope that it reaches people and it makes a difference in their lives, don't you? Yes. We are always doing the best that we can. And I always say the right people will resonate with our work. The right people will be drawn to us. And that's just it's it's beautiful when you think of it like that, I think. Oh, absolutely. And and a, a wise person also said that when they're ready to hear, they will. When they're ready to understand, they will. So it's for us to speak and air it and put it out there. Yes. And when they're ready, they will pick it up and it will make a difference and it will awaken the greatness within them. Yeah. And I love that you... So we have a lot in common because we both are trained psychotherapists and also in the spiritual world, which not there are not a lot of us in this world. So I love that we have that in common. And at another time, you know, we can get more into get more. Oh, absolutely. And connection. It's all about connection. Yes. Connecting with people, commonalities. um, And maybe sometime you can come to L.A. and we can actually meet because you seem amazing. Okay. I'd listen to you. I'd love to. And I come to L.A. a lot. So the next time I'm in town, I will definitely be in touch with you. Perfect. And you could come here and do an in-person show. 
I would love to do an in-person show. Because... And maybe even sing something for you. So he heard from his publicist that I watched his reel, <laughs> and I loved his singing, and I love singing also, another thing we have in common. So I'm hoping at some point you will maybe sing, maybe towards the end you can sing a few bars. And when you come Oh, here, wow, okay. All right. Can't <laughs> promise anything. It's, um, you know, the time it is over here, but that's okay. <clears throat> we'll I see. I think you could probably muster up something. And oh, you, I'll get something, whatever. When you come here, we should definitely go karaoke, for sure. Oh, my gosh, that would be too much fun. So much fun. Okay, so we, and another reason why I think it would be great for you to come again to the show in person is because the amount of questions that I have for you is a lot. So we might not get through everything today. But I know one of the things that you want to talk about is how Friday the 13th is coming up. And I was wondering what's in store for people this Friday the 13th. And are there any certain numbers, objects, and situations that are you feel like are inherently unlucky? I'm just curious what you have to say in this realm. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's one of the areas that I really do enjoy talking about, especially since we're approaching the month of March, right? And, and uh, St. Patrick's Day, which is all about luck and good fortune. And um, actually, Friday the 13th, I always look forward to Friday the 13th. Um, it's going to be fabulous in my life, and I know it's going to be fabulous in a lot of people's lives. The number 13 is actually one of the highest spiritual numbers and vibrational numbers in numerology. Mm. And the reason being is because it actually represents, this is all a religious thing, it represents Jesus and the 12 disciples. So supposedly there can't be anything better and luckier than that, right? That, that, that's how Christianity started, is with all of them. Mm. However, us being negative types of beings will turn anything positive into something negative, okay? So what happened was, because Jesus was crucified on a Friday the 13th, ooh, that's not such a good number then, also, later on in history, the Knights Templar, they were the, the protectors of the Pope. Well, they all got massacred and slaughtered also on a Friday, Friday the, the 13th. 13th. Interesting. Okay. So, we then decided, plus, Judas was the 13th disciple at the table that you know, betrayed Jesus. I don't know what made him the 13th one. He could have been the 10th one or the 5th one or the 1st one, you know, but they made him the 13th one. So they turned the number 13 into it being unlucky. Mm. So it started with religion, but if you really think about it, when we go back in time, it's basically religion and philosophies were all we had to go by. And that's what our daily lives were about. You know, you were either praying to God or some God every single day. It wasn't like today where you got so involved in work and life, you only saw God or talked to him once a week, you know, like we do today, you know, in, in some of the religions. We have so more religion in our really life had now. a main play in it. We have more but, of a full life now. We have other things to do besides just think about right. religion. That's right, right? But... It's still more of a higher vibrational number. And, and, and here's the thing about 
anything, Jamie, and I know you know this as well as I know this, and I'm hoping your listeners get to know it too. The value you put on anything, the belief you have in anything, is what empowers that thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, there's a lot about crystals and stones and aromatherapy and that if you carry the right crystal or you light the right candle or you smell the right fragrance, it's going to help make you more spiritual. It's going to help um, increase your good fortune and get rid of your illnesses. And you know what? All of that, if you pick up a blade of grass and you believe that that is what it's going to do, that's what's going to work. It's our belief in it that works. Yes, everything has a, a, uh, a nature to it, a specific kind of energy and properties, but we are the ones that empower it through our beliefs. You know how many people I know, especially in my realm of metaphysics, that have to go around and burn sage and sage everything because the American Indians did that? They figure, I I got to sage all the evil spirits. Do they not know that spirits don't have noses? (laughs) They're not smelling anything. So the, the, and, and the, the energy of sage cannot possibly be more powerful than the energy of a being, a human being. Mm. It's our belief in that sage that's making it work. And, and they've proven that in science over and over again with the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. I mean, even when you were saying we, the blade of grass, I was thinking if a spiritual doctor said this blade of grass has a potion on it or some like spiritual, I did a blessing, you eat it, you get healed. It's the same thing. If you believe it, then it would happen. Absolutely. That's exactly. And, and in, even in my book, and they're showing that today, that whatever medicine is given, and they've done these trials over and over and over again, having been a psychotherapist and the classes and the lectures you've taken, um, you've, you've done research, you've had to do research, right? So there's all of these trials. And they've done these trials with, with subjects that are actually taking a medication and subjects that believe that they're taking the medication. Right. And and they can have just as much of effect from the people who are not getting the medication than the people who are actually getting the medication. So there there is no absolute understanding that any pill, any medication is actually doing the work. It's your belief in taking it that again, empowering it. That's what's so good about the placebo effect, right? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. If you, you believe that the pill that you're taking is going to get rid of your headache. Lo and behold, your headache goes away. And meanwhile, it was a piece of candy. Right. Sugar pill. Yes. So awesome. that's the way it is with everything. And that's, and that's what turns then, Friday the 13th, if you believe that um, bad luck is going to happen to you, guess what? It's going to happen. You believe you're going to find that hole and fall in it? You will go out of your way to find that hole and fall in it. You believe a black cat walking in front of you is superstitious? Well, then, yes, absolutely. A black cat is going to make you believe that. But but it's interesting, if you go back in time to figure out how these people came up with that, I can assure you that some dope walked under a ladder while somebody was standing on it painting, and the guy didn't see 
that somebody was walking underneath and he accidentally drops the paint can. This is like, and it hits him on the head. So now everybody is going to think walk, walking under the ladder <laughs> is bad luck. Right. How about walking under a ladder leaning up against a building could be dopey? You know, that's it. that has nothing to do with luck. That has to do with common sense. So now that guy put out, up. Oh, you can't walk under a, ba- a ladder because that's bad luck. Um, or two people walking down the street together, and they walk on either side of some post or a tree. Up, oh, salt and pepper, throw it over your shoulder. All the nonsensical things that we get into because of our beliefs. When I was little, and- I had, it was a piece of wood. I think I got it at a fair or something. And it said, it said the words on it, knock on wood, wood. Because I was always knocking on wood. But I have to say uh-huh. that I I used to like knock on my my bone. I I just did it, but I haven't knocked on wood in probably ten years. I don't do it anymore. So woohoo. I graduated. Right. And and how have things been going for you? Amazing. Amazing. Right. Of course. Um, of course. One thing I but wanted- yes, knock on wood. I don't know even where that came up i i had to i can't research everything you know um but that would be an interesting story to find out who said knock on wood is going to bring you good luck well just like well i do know i was an entertainer right and i did theater and one of the things that they say in theater when you do a live show is break a leg right and the reason why they say break a leg is because one time they were doing a show and somebody said oh good luck and one of the cast members fell off the stage and broke his leg okay. during the show. Okay, so now the thing is, don't ever say good luck to a performer going out on stage. Say the opposite. Right. So if you tell him to break a leg, he'll have a good performance instead, and good, and and it'll be great. Right. So we're the ones that do that to ourselves. And the funny thing about it is we we take that into our own lives, into our own lives. Uh, Anytime something good is happening to me and I start sharing it with friends, I'll get people say, oh, don't talk about it. That's bad luck. Oh, I hate that. I'm like, why is it bad luck to be sharing this? I'm not trying to show off or anything, but it's some great things. And and you can join in with me on that great thing, you know, and I'm not supposed to share that with you. So so don't tell you that I saw a really good movie, because if I do, you'll go and see it and it'll be terrible. What? You know, that's us. Yeah. That is us. That's what we do. We want, and we put blame on things. That's the reason why that happens is because we don't want to take responsibility for our actions. So we're going to blame something mm-hmm. for it. And well, I, are we blaming Mercury in retrograde? <laughs> we did today. But also <laughs> with the whole talking about positive things and living positive things in the spiritual world and in, with the law of attraction, actually to the naysayers out there, your friends, you know, the more that we do talk about everything that's good, it's creating this energy that's going to bring more of it into our lives. And that is I truth. totally believe that. But not everybody understands that, and that's why we can inspire people. Right. And, and those that even take the courses, uh, so much of my work is based on the concept that people don't believe what they think they believe. And again, you and I both know because of the classes we took in psychology that there are psychological anomalies that are going on under the surface that people aren't aware of. So in their conscious thinking, they may think they believe one thing 
when in actual, uh, actuality, on an unconscious level, they're believing something else. Now, that's all fine and good for just you know, mind purposes and healthy mind and getting through psychological things. But when you then add the fact that we are spiritual beings and we're manifesting, we're manifesting from our unconscious mind. So when people just know and they take the class and read the book and they know the material and they say, oh, I'm going to, you know, this is what I'm doing. I'm dreaming and I'm writing. This is what I want in my dream and my job and my relationship. And I'm, I, I'm going to get that. And then it doesn't happen. And they blame the material rather than understanding that you don't manifest from your conscious mind, you manifest from your unconscious mind. If those beliefs aren't deep down in your deepest psyche, you're not going to manifest that, yes. right? Yes. And, and people have to understand that that's one of the major reasons why it doesn't work in their lives, because they really don't believe what they think they believe. Yes. Yeah, you can't just feel it or think it, you have to, you have to know it. You have to be it. You have to embody it. Right. For it to happen. Totally. Okay. 100%. 100%. So, yeah. So many questions. I want to ask you Go one ahead. more question about this theme of um, Friday the 13th slash then I need to get into relationship questions. Um, so do you feel like we are in control of our own luck or do you feel like everything is predetermined and already planned out? Okay. Um, you use the word luck, and then you use the word pre uh, predetermined, and those are, in my uh, fashion and work, those are two different concepts, okay? First, luck, there is no such thing as luck in this universe. I agree. Because it is not random. It's in total order. Everything is in perfect order. We're the only things that would throw it out of order. Now, that does go along with our predetermination before we get here. We do make plans for ourselves, not anybody else. We make the plans. We decide what it is we want to experience. We decide how we want to grow each lifetime that we come down here. So that is the only destiny that we've set up. And it's more of a blueprint that we're going to work off of. Now, of course, once we get here, we forget that blueprint, and we're hoping that with guidance and growth, we wind up going on that path. And the way you know you're on that path is things unfold for you without great difficulties. It doesn't mean you're not going to hit a bump in the road, but you're not going to hit these tremendous wall blocks when you're following your destiny. Okay. However, like I said, the stories of our youth, the, the experiences we go through when we're young or not, will determine whether we get on that path or we're, whether we're thrown off that path. We can be thrown off that path, and now we have to recreate a new one. We have to try to find what it is we wanted to do sometimes, and that becomes a little bit more difficult. Then the other thing is, we don't have to follow the path at all because of free will. So... We will make a plan up there because, or out there, wherever that dimension is, and based on while we're there, feeling unlimited, feeling supported, believing in ourselves, feeling gung-ho, oh, I'm going to take care of all of these things, I'm going to do all this growing, then we face all those challenges once we're here on the planet, and all of a sudden we don't like what we're experiencing, and we actually have the free will to, 
to go another way. And that's what I work with people all the time. There may be people who come in who want to be nurturers, and then they're here and it becomes completely overwhelming, and they're doing it for the wrong reason. And I tell them, look, forget it. Don't worry about it. You're not missing out on anything just because you don't follow your plan. You're always capable of creating another one. The whole idea is to experience who we are. That is it. We're so unlimited. There are so many dimensions to us. It takes a long time to do that. We've kind of been very slow over the past thousands of years. And so we're re-experiencing things we don't need to, like pain and suffering. So it's taking us a little longer. But right now, we're just needing to wake up and understand we're spiritual beings and not worry about destiny and anything, just Find a dream, find a passion, go after it so that you can experience your unlimited and your, and your abilities and who you are. That's, that's it. So luck and predetermination is totally controlled by us. Mm, thank you. Now, this is a question that is going to lead into all of my relationship questions. Speaking of kind of planned out, predetermined, etc., do you believe in soulmates? There is no such thing as soulmates. That people really hate me for. That was a term that was romanticized by Richard Bach in one of his first books. I think it was Illusions or something like that, or, or Bridge. Oh, my gosh, I forgot his other one. Okay. But it, that's where it became popular, a popular term. Now everybody was going to find their soulmate. The whole idea is you are meant to make a soulmate relationship out of the one that you attract. But you don't always. Now, that's not to say you didn't have a plan of coming down with somebody, but it's not because that person is a special soulmate. It's because we migrate from lifetime to lifetime uh, uh, together as a group because you create a karma with each other. So you might, your mother and your father might have been your son and your daughter in a past life, your brother and sister, your best friends. Um, you may have been a male instead of a female. So we'll switch roles, right? So we'll say, oh, listen, instead of you being my brother, why don't you come down as my lover this time? So that is not a soul mate. That is a soul contract, but that is not a soul mate. The idea of a soul mate and it being so deep and, and, uh, people, um, saying I fell in love at, at, at the, the moment I met this person. That's actually, you fell in love at the moment of memory. Memory, you might have been a lover in a past life, and you meet that person in this lifetime. A lot of affairs actually start that way. People are married to other people, and all of a sudden they come across a soul, a person that they did have a relationship with in a past life, and all of a sudden something sparks up again, and they think, oh, I must be meant to be with you instead of my wife. Well, Really, if you were meant to be with that person instead of your wife, it would have worked out that way prior to you marrying your wife. And people don't understand that they could have different roles this time around. And and because we're starving for love anyway, because our emotional needs aren't met as children, we'll take any love that seems to come along, and we want it to be a soulmate love. 
And it's so funny, Jamie, you know, relationships is one of my the big areas that people call me about. And they'll tell me, well, I've been married for 25 years. I thought he was my soulmate, but he wasn't. Now I'm searching for my real soulmate. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, why don't you stop searching for a soulmate and just heal yourself because like attracts like and put that energy out there and then you will attract the right person. But it has nothing to do with being a soulmate. I love it. I love what you're saying. No, you don't need to apologize. I love talking about this and everybody has their own theories. So that that makes sense to me. Thank you. Um, Okay. I'm glad. Okay, Vincent, what are eight common myths about relationships that may hinder your happiness? Okay, so we just talked about one. The biggest one is the concept of soulmates. Another one is the concepts of opposites attract. Opposites do not attract. Like I said, like attracts like. That is actually the law of physics and the law of nature. So, of course, it's going to happen to us as well. Whoever you are on a deeper level, that's who you're going to attract to you. Now, because you're different genders, different personalities, it may present itself in opposite fashions but if you don't believe in yourself and you don't think you're lovable you're going to attract somebody who doesn't believe in him or herself who doesn't believe they're lovable not you don't think you're good enough he's not going to think he's good enough you have certain values um of, of of deep down i'm not just talking about surface values you're going to attract somebody that's why i say that the original attractions that people get into are based on who they are and then of course if the other person and turn sour and bad and you see the negative side come out, that's only because you didn't do anything to grow and each of us have the negative side that is capable of coming out. But opposites do not attract. The other, another myth is the more spiritual you are, I was just talking about this with the client, the more spiritual you are, the less you need a partner. Oh, yeah. Untrue. Highly evolved beings know that they learn more about themselves when they're in a coupled relationship than when they're alone. It's the same thing as you absolutely can enjoy watching a movie on your own. I mean, how many times do you see a good movie on your own? But then... How many times when you see a good movie, you call your friends up, you call family up, you go, oh, my God, you got to see this movie. It was amazing. And, oh, oh, come over. We'll watch it together. Or if you go into the movies, I'll go with you. Why do we do that? Because we get greater enjoyment and we, we feel more of our own capacity when we're with another being who's also feeling that. So you learn more, more spiritual being, you're going to want to be with somebody else, partnered. Yeah, and I, what's coming to me is that it's all about connection and reflection. So connecting with somebody over an experience that you had, talking about and connecting, and then having them reflect back to you and then the back and forth, like you were saying, that human connection and communication helps us to grow and know who we are more, even more. Absolutely. You are not with another person to complete yourself. You're already a complete, divine, magnificent being. You're with another person to discover that. The, The depth of the relationship determines the depth of what you get to learn about yourself. So in other words, 
you can be with friends, right? And you can love your friends, and you can love them dearly. But now you can be married, or you can have a partner, and it's a romantic relationship. And it goes even deeper in the things that you share, that you discuss. Your heart opens wider. You learn even that much more about yourself. I have been with my wife for 47 years. We've been married 42. 47 of those years have been unbelievably passionate and loving. We are very happily married. And that is because we spend most of those years working on ourselves, working on those issues that hurt and block us from our past, but we do it together. And that leads me to another major myth. A healthy relationship is not an independent relationship. It is neither dependent nor independent. Being independent, there are too many couples out there that are so doing their own thing, they don't even know what being together is about. Yeah, there's they no They don't even know what a marriage is. Yes. It happens so all day. So it's interdependence. Inter. We're all interdependent with everyone and should be on this earth. Yes, I can do things on my own, but guess what? When I get to do them with you, they can be another experience. They could be even more powerful. So, and, and, and let's help each other. And there's where the interdependence comes from. The more we help each other, the bigger we grow, the better we grow. There is far greater power in a group of us believing and working on the same thing than in one single person. That's been shown over and over and over again, and not just in movies and television, in life. Mm -hmm. So, so it, it's an interdependency. Um, oh, uh, every time somebody says... Um, they just don't meet my qualifications, I'm really picky. No, that's a myth too. It means you're self-critical. You will never impose on the outer world and other people what you don't impose upon yourself internally. It's why we project. It starts always on the inside before it ever comes to the outside. So if you're self-critical, yes, of course, you're going to be critical with other people. So this is this is one of the things that I want people to do, your listeners to do, that would be very beneficial if they're trying to find a relationship. Oh, I'll come. Let me come to that in one moment. Let me go over another myth, which is really important. Okay, attraction has nothing to do with another person. You attracting a partner has nothing to do with another person. It has all to do with you and the energy you're putting out into the universe. Yes. I don't care if you meet somebody over the computer, yes. in, in Whole Foods, walking down the street, um, at the theater, at the doctor's office, at a party, your friend introduces you. You will only meet that or whom you attract to you by, again, the energy, because we are powers Okay, energy, it, it's yes. why it, it, so many of the dating sites, they'll work for one person, not work for another person. And, and with the same formulas and stuff like that, it's just like, what energy are you putting into it? Okay, and that goes with every aspect of life. So this is what I tell everybody to do. If they want to be certain, I do a relationship um, workshop that's called All You Need Is Love, Attract and Maintain Perfect Relationships. 
And this is one of the exercises that I do with everybody because it's the most important one. I want everybody to take a pad and a pen at some point when you're listening to this, and you got to put a title down. The title is the top 10 traits I want in my partner. Okay? The top 10 traits I want in my partner. You have to write the title. Then try to narrow it down because I know so many people have 20 and 30 requirements for a partner. Write down only the top most important 10 traits. When you finish number 10, go back to the title Cross out the word partner and write in the word me. I love the it. Top I love it. Ten tra- you did, right? The top ten traits I, I want. want in me. Yes. And you be sure you're working yes. on those because I'm telling you something right now. If you keep finding people that you can be critical about, oh, well, he's not, he's uh, definitely doesn't share, um, doesn't pay attention to me, whatever, male or female, it's what you're doing with yourself. It's all you a projection. You have to be the person you want to be with. It's all a projection. Everything is a projection yes. of what's going on it, inside it, it of It totally us. is. Yes. It's all about us. It's never about, because otherwise there'd be victimization in the world. Everything would be random. There'd be no purpose for us. It's all about us learning about ourselves, who we are, and the control we have over our lives. And we have to stop giving away our power. I, we have to stop giving it away. Yeah, and it's all about owning this concept that it's not about the other person. It's all projections. It's, all, it's about what's inside of us. And I really wish, can, you, can we start some sort of movement that every person in this world can understand this concept? Because life would be so much better. Oh, my God, about everything, right? Right? Yes. But we also have some bad information getting out there. I'm going to, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping you don't recommend this book. And if you do, you may recommend it a different way now, okay? Mm. But I have to say this, and this is my lot in my, in my world. I find that I'm, I'm not purposely contradicting any of the current luminaries or anything, but it's time for us to get to a different level. It's like if people understand when you're in elementary school, the teachers there are going to teach you one kind of history. And they're going to teach you the history that they think you can accept as a kid. Take the same history courses in college, you are going to learn a complete different history, yes. a, a more true version of it. I feel the same thing has happened even in the spiritual movements that they keep taking baby steps with people because they don't think you can handle it, right? So here is one of those things. I'm at the point now that I believe I'm bringing people to a higher level, which means that I will be filling in some gaps of information that weren't fed, and I may be contradicting others. There is a famous book out there that people, that a lot of people I know love. It's called The Five Love Languages, Yes, the worst book ever written <laughs> for couples. And I'm going to tell you why it's the worst book. And there isn't enough research on it now to even show how successful or how destructive it is. This is what that book is like, what it's telling you to do. Say you went to France. And you take with you a translation, English-French translation book. And you go into a restaurant now, you want to order a meal, and you hand the translation book to the waiter, and you say, I want you 
to learn my language so you can translate your menu so I can understand it. I catch your dress. That, <laughs> that is what the five love languages. You're supposed to be learning your partner's language so you can speak it to him or her. That way, he or she feels more loved by you. That's, that's a good thing to do. And that is completely wrong. It's backwards. You should be reading the book to find out how your partner expresses love. Learn their language. Why are we constantly trying to change another person's oh, no. behavior right. for your sake? No, that never works. It's not authentic. No, it's not authentic, and it leads to resentment afterwards. Now, yeah. here's, the, here's the good thing about the book and what it should be doing. Just the same thing as, is, yeah, you can be satisfied with one language in life, but it is so much more exciting to learn as many languages as you can. So why not use that book to learn all different languages so that you can speak those languages? And, and you learning them for yourself, that number one, you'll see all the people and how much they love you. Oh, I get that. Oh, you like to play, pay compliments. That means you really do care about me, too. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, you like giving presents and receiving presents. Oh, that's great. Yeah, now I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd love you, too. And you're learning all these different languages so you feel more filled rather than everybody has to learn your language to speak your language. That is the most ridiculous thing. That is not what relationships are meant to do. It does not expand you. It's attempting to change someone. And that is always not healthy. I agree. I agree that... I. A successful forever relationship exists when you do not judge the other person and you don't try to change them. I always say that. So we are definitely oh, right. on the same page. Oh, right. How many people have you dealt with that said, oh, when, I, when we get married, I'll just, you know, I'm going to change him. I'm not going to accept that. That's for sure. But we'll talk about that after oh, we get married, yeah. right? We think that marriage is supposed to, that's when all the changes come. And I'm like, wait a minute. You have to love and accept the person, and now you can work to grow together, Yes. right? But don't have the expectation of, I'm going to change that person. No. Have the expectation that you can change you. Yes. Love it, love it, love it. Okay, we have about five more minutes, and then you oh. literally, like, you have no idea. You have to come back because this there's just so much more to talk about. I can't believe how fast this time has gone by. So I'm going to ask, ask me you, a best question. Well, I, oh my God, there's so many here. Um, okay. Well, I have a question here. How do you honor your inner voice? I know how to do that, but how to tell the viewers, how do you honor your inner voice? How do I honor? How do you, how do viewers, inner, how do you teach people how to honor their inner voice? Their inner voice. Yes. Listen to it. Listen to it. Talk, question, ask questions of your higher self, and listen to what comes in. Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote um, essays. Uh, he was a famous philosopher. And one of his essays, a very important one, is called Self-Reliance. People should read that. And he specifically says, we must honor our inner voice. So in other words, we need to make a choice, Right. So what do we wind up doing? We'll go to our best friend, we'll go to mom, we'll go to dad, we'll go to somebody, 
and ask them, what do you think I should do? Right. And we're constantly listening to everybody else when our own intuition speaks first. And it'll tell us what to do right away. But then our human mind will, will talk us out of it because of insecurities. No, I don't, I don't trust that. Oh, I don't think I should do that. What should I do? And according to Ralph Waldo Emerson and myself, even if you fall, even if you fail by listening to your own inner voice, and I've heard that over and over again, oh, I made horrible choices, I listened to myself, and I just made horrible choices. I'm like, but you've grown from them, and they were your choices and your voice. It is never, it is never good to fall or fail at something because you listen to somebody else. Right. It's always more beneficial. We're going to make mistakes. They're all challenges. And so you have to just love yourself enough and commit to yourself enough to say, whatever comes into my heart and mind, that inner voice, I am going to listen to, right, wrong, or indifferent. Because and the more you do, the stronger it becomes. Yes. Heal yourself at the same time. Work on healing those negative feelings that you have bring them to the surface let them go release them stop repressing them i'm talking about those hurts from the past the feelings of i'm not good enough i'm not lovable enough i'm not worthy enough i'm not smart enough all of those i'm not work on them heal them commit because then your heart opens more and you can trust your voice more one of the most important reasons why nobody wants to trust their inner voice is because they're afraid it's the negative voice coming up i have a workshop called god it's not working people can go to my online tab on my website and actually download god it's not working and stop stopping yourself and become unstoppable and it talks about all the psychological anomalies that are going on that are getting in your way and why you're not listening to your inner voice and you absolutely have to have a conversation with that inner voice Elvis, almost every day i talk to myself every day and i just wanted to say about what we what you were saying about even when things don't go as you think that they should, when you listen to your inner voice, I believe that everything is all planned out and that life happens for us, not to us. So even those things that maybe you thought weren't the way that you wanted them to go, they all lead you, as long as you're listening to your inner voice, they all lead you to where you are supposed to be and where you're supposed to go. Um, absolutely. That's, that's very well. That's a continuation of what I always teach. And absolutely, yes, because right now you don't know what the outcome of your life is supposed to be until you make the choices now and you see the results later. And, right. and so right now, something may seem like you thought you made the wrong choice, but it's, there's always a reason for everything that's happening. Yes. And when you get to the other side and you see, oh my gosh, thank goodness I didn't do that. Yes. Um, yeah. And that, that it failed. Otherwise I'd be someplace else. Yeah. I would not be the spiritual teacher I am today if I succeeded in my acting more. I would be just running around doing acting at, yeah. you know, any random um, acting bit that came up, I'd be doing it, whether it be Broadway, whether it be any other movies and stuff like that, I, that would have taken up my life. I wouldn't have had the children that I had. And because it went the way it did, and because of the choices I made, even if they weren't the best of choices, they all led me to who I am today, and I have absolutely not one regret of that. I, I honor and I'm so blessed with where I am today. I love it. Okay. 
we have to wrap up. And by the way, I want to interview you and your wife. I'm making a documentary about couples who are in love. So I'd love to interview you guys separate from this. Um, Ooh. I would love you to come on the show in person. What is your website? How can people find you? All they have to do is go to vincentjenna.com, and that's with a G-E-N-N-A, and they can connect with me there. Um, I also have a Unity online radio show. Um, Unity is a, uh, a, a spiritual thought um, movement, and uh, they have their own radio station, so I host that on every Wednesday, Eastern Time at noon, and they can come and listen and call in my own, you know, uh, um, questions. I do Facebook Live events. They can meet me there, but if the, everything they can reach me through my website, that's one of the best ways. Have readings with me, um, talk with me, send me emails, everything. Okay, wonderful. And if anybody has questions for me, I'm at therelationshipexpert.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. You are amazing and so inspirational. And thank you for joining us. Oh, my us gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Jamie, you're an unbelievable light. I, would, I mean, I can't just do this with just anybody. You know what I mean? Oh, thank you. Well, we have so much in common, and I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Same here. Same okay. here. Have a great evening. Thank you. Take care now. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio.